Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Knicks Wall Podcast. First of 2020, we're in our second decade now. It's feeling really good. I'm Anthony Corbo. You can follow me on Twitter at CorboAnthony. Joining me, I've got here some good friends of mine. Uh, One, Mike Cortez. What is up? You can follow him over at uh, Cortez Era on Twitter. And, of course, it wouldn't be the Knicks Wall Podcast without Kyle Maggio being here as well. What's up, my man? What's going on, everyone? And you can follow him at Kyle Maggio. While you're at it, why don't you go follow at the Knicks Wall at TKW Podcast on Twitter. Uh, check out Blue Wire. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, you know, Thanks to them for supporting us and gathering up a good group of podcasts to kind of surround ourselves with. So go check out all those other shows, head to the nixwall.com where we've got no shortage of uh, pieces going up as we get closer to the uh, trade deadline. And as the Knicks continue to lose games and the shine of the Mike Miller era starts to wear off a little bit, but we're going to touch more tonight on uh, the first part that we're talking about the trade deadline Though we're still about, we're still over a month away from it now. But since we last spoke, it's been you know two weeks. We had all the holidays and everything like that. Uh, since we last spoke, all these players have become eligible to be traded, and uh, and you know it's we the Knicks have certain players that they're value, valuing above others. Uh, we're going to talk about whether they're going to make smart decisions or they're going to go with their gut in this situation. Um, yeah, I guess overall, why don't we start with, let's go to Mike first here. What what do you think the Knicks need to be doing uh, at the you know between now and the trade deadline? What what is it they should be looking for in players? What are they trying to do with this roster? Just from your expert opinion, what's the move here? We should definitely sell the veterans. Any veteran should go, especially Marcus Morris. I, I know we'll probably get into a little deeper in a second, but he's the only one on the one year deal. And if he does want to come back in the summer, that's fantastic. Sign back in the summer then. Do what the Yankees did with Aroldis Chapman, where they kind of traded him and signed him back that same summer or offseason. And just do that. And in terms of players to target, I mean, I would go for draft picks above all. And I would also go after guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich or just like young guys that the teams might not want to pay. Like, I don't think New Orleans is going to do it, but like Brandon Ingram, someone like that, but... Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings is the most likely. So target guys like that and just develop the youth. I mean, we always talk about all these guys are 19 and 20. It's like, well, let's see what they're about. So trade all the vets, stop crowding them in the lineup and see what we got. And now Kyle, all of that being said, what do you think that the Knicks will do at this trade deadline? Not that. Um, <laughs> it just feels like every single year we record the same podcast around this time. Like it feels like every single year we're discussing the Knicks looking for a late first, early second round pick for an expiring veteran. And uh, then a couple teams emerge, a couple teams are interested, you know, like the, the Sixers were for Marcus Morris. Uh, 
and then nothing happens. And then the next stand pat, and they go, oh, well, we couldn't find any good deals. And uh, that's bogus. It always is. And, um, yeah, so that's what I think happens. I, I mean, ideally, it would go the way Mike said. These are a lot of either expiring or vets that could be expiring with the team options uh, and very team-friendly deals, quite frankly. And a lot of them are inexpensive, and they're veterans. A lot of them are shooters who are ill-fitting on this team, which is a stupid thing to say, but uh, – you know, with the coaching issues that we've had. And uh, it is what it is. You know, Wayne Ellington, uh, I think he has the record for all-time heat threes, if I'm not mistaken, or he's damn close. He's up there. Uh, came to New York, forgot how to shoot. But, you know, it happens. You can try to trade him. I mean, you always need a shooter. Uh, Bobby Portis, Something in the water, as yeah. much as I didn't like the signing at first, I, I wouldn't say I talked myself into it. I just... In theory, I understood it. He was supposed to be a big that stretched the floor. Uh, never works that way. So forget that. But again, that's a guy who's capable of shooting threes. So in theory, you can get something for him. Marcus Morris, of course, is having by far his best year. He's shooting almost 50% from deep. Isn't it 47% or something stupid? It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, things at 46. 40, 46%. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. He's averaging, what, 19 points? I mean, he's been fantastic. And, but it's, well, let's. Let's go into detail about some of these guys a little bit more. You know, let's go. Let's go into them a little bit more, one at a time. I kind of want to think of before we touch on those individual players. Is there anyone on the roster right now, or I guess there definitely are some players who who would you consider at this trade deadline? What assets? Which players would you consider? You know, considering the Knicks are have ten wins on the season, they you know have twenty seven losses. They're you know, there's no way they're thirteenth in the conference. Like. It's an it's an abject failure of a season. So that being said, is there anybody who is untouchable on the Knicks, and who are they? I mean, if we nobody should be untouchable. I feel like that's a hot take, but nobody should be untouchable. And if there are, if, if that include RJ Barrett, uh, maybe Mitch. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch and RJ I'm, would be the ones that I would keep. I, I would. I think I would trade RJ in the right deal. I I, I love RJ. I would trade Def, but in the right. I would deal. trade anybody on the right deal, to be honest, but. And again, like I know it's going to piss people off, but anybody should always be available for the right price. Like that's just the nature of sports in general. But um, if I had to actually pick, it'd be RJ well, and, and, and Mitch. Oh, not Kevin Knox. Uh, I, I was assured <laughs> by another uh, another certain Knicks personality that uh, because I think Kevin Knox is bad, I actually do not oh, watch boy. the games. Oh, boy. And, yeah, so... Uh, apparently thinking Kevin Knox is bad is objectively false is what I learned last night. So I have to, uh, take, take back everything I said. Apparently, apparently Kevin Knox is actually good and I didn't understand. Uh, so this well, was news to me. So let's start, let's start with a different name that you mentioned. Um, a name that's been in the news a little bit today. Um, and the name that's kind of brought up a little bit of controversy is Marcus Morris. Um, he's on a one-year contract, uh, $15 million, famously, uh, went back on an offer with the Spurs for two years, 10 million, uh, you know, two years, 20 million. And, um, and yeah, like you were saying before, he's shooting like 47% from three. He's shooting, you know, he's averaging 19 points. Like he has, and he's played in, you know, 33 games this season. That's a pretty good sample size at this point. Will he come back down to earth a little bit? I mean, obviously he's not going to keep shooting 47%, but um, you know, it seems as good a time. This is the best basketball he's played his entire career. Um, And so it seems like instead of trying to capitalize on the asset 
the Knicks are reportedly uh, not interested in moving on from Marcus Morris, and they want to try to retain him. Um, Kyle Maggio, what, what is that? Uh, what do you think of that decision? Do you think they're bluffing here? Do you th- or do you think that, uh, or do you think that this is kind of something that they really, they really are intent on trying to hold on to him? Uh, so if it was any other team in the NBA, I'd, I'd say 100 percent they're bluffing. 100 percent. If Steve Mills runs your team in the NBA, the answer is he 100 percent means it. So I think uh, I think for sure that they're just going to keep him after that report. I would love to be wrong. If they trade him for a first, I'd love to be wrong. Uh, that'd be a very welcome surprise. But we should know better, right? I mean, we thought Kyle Quinn maybe was going to go to the Warriors, right? Remember that? Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, we thought Courtney Lee was going to be able to get something, right? Didn't happen. Last year, we thought Von Lay or somebody would be able to get something. Didn't happen. So, again, I, I would expect them to be able to get very competitive offers. If they tell you they couldn't get a first for Marcus Morris, they are lying through their teeth. Um, you know, Jordan Clarkson, I know that was a bit of a salary dump, but, I mean, he was able to get uh, fetch, rather, two second rounders. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't difficult. Like, you can – there's always a team willing to take on an asset that you have, and you have to find it. That's their job. But I don't think – I don't trust this front office at all. I, I do not trust Scott Perry. I do not trust Steve Mills. I think Marcus Morris is going to end up finishing the year here, which I weird. I mean, like it pisses me off, but also I really like Marcus Morris. So I'm conflicted, but uh, I think he's just going to end up being here through the trade deadline. He's going to finish the year out and we'll, we'll do the same rigmarole. Where, you know, he loves New York. He wants to say da da da, And then all of a sudden he's with the Spurs next season. And, uh, Can you imagine that? So Can you imagine he's with the Spurs next season? Like how that would go over, or like the storylines that would come out from there. Hilarious, hilarious. It would be I, I, hilarious. Um, so, like, Mike, is there a case for trying to hold on to Marcus Morris? Are we? Is there like any? Is there any reason why we think that like we might have a chance of resigning him, or any reason why the team would even really be super interested in it? Like, do we think we're going to be that competitive next year that he's going to make that big of a difference, or he could even be like? you know, a first option on a, on a you know, playoff team coming up the, in, in like a season or two. If you're in the camp that thinks Marcus Mor- keeping Marcus Morris is smart, you're either just so defeated that you've talked yourself into anything or you just don't understand business. He's he, Like I said, you could sign him back. If he really wants to come to New York, they could clear the cap space by getting rid of the rest of the veterans and give him the deal he wants. He reportedly wants a long-term-ish deal for a lot of money. They could still give him everything he wants while getting an asset. And I feel we had a similar situation, as Kyle said, with Vonley, and they just didn't pull the trigger. I mean, what is not enough for Vonley? You got him for cheap. Just trade him. So I just have a feeling they're just going to jerk around, not get their offer, quote-unquote, and then go into the offseason saying, hey, we found Marcus Morris last year. He'll come back, and then... He'll, he'll sign somewhere else. I don't know if it's going to be San Antonio, but guarantees playing for somebody else next year. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as that. Like, I, I, I want to fall. I'm conflicted, like Kyle was saying, though. Like, I really enjoy watching Marcus Morris play. I mean, he's been he's been awesome this season. Can you imagine how bad this team would be if we didn't have him around? Like, doing just like preposterous numbers for you know a player who's been in, in the league for this long. Um, it, it, we'd, we'd be in total chaos and it's, you know, even deeper than we are right now, but it's, it's been a really, really nice to have him around to kind of guide us through what's been a shit show at the beginning of the season, give us a little bit of light, but, 
you know, once we're getting towards the end there, once we see, you know, what's going to happen with some of these players and we get closer to the draft and everything like that, we're not going to need that kind of, you know, we're not going to need that kind of like source of energy on the team as much. We're going to kind of probably want to be going a little bit more downhill. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm kind of in the camp that you got to move him. Like it, it doesn't make any sense to hold on to him. It's only like it's only pure sentimentality, and the Knicks clearly operate entirely on that emotion. Like there's no real. I, I I'm just I don't know. The decision making is just so questionable with this team, and I, I just I really have no idea what happens in what should be a no brainer situation. But oh, is there something else? I mean, I was going to say, like, it, it would be cool, like, if they do, I'm going to just, you know, not both sides it here, but I do want to say it, it actually would be cool if they didn't trade Marcus Morris. We all got annoyed. And then he actually genuinely was like, no, I, I do want to stay here and resign. It would but be like, cool if we had fallen for if it. That happened, if, that, if, if that happened, obviously, we, we, we would all be open to it. I would, yeah. Not. I mean, we all like Marcus Morris. I think, I think the fit is still questionable when you have Julius Randle on the team also, but they have found a way to make it work a little bit better under Mike Miller. But the point is if he does want to be here and he's a quality player and he's a quality veteran, of course, like it's refreshing, even though the team isn't good to be able to watch a guy like Mook every night, who's just competent on both ends of the floor. So like, of course, if he actually wanted to resign here, actually does resign here. I please make fun of me. Like I, I would love that. I love Mook, but I just don't see that happening. I just can't see him going through a tough, you know, bottom five season with the Knicks and just loving New York City so much. It just feels like every year we hear guys who are on one year, two year deals talk about, I love New York. I, you know, I'm so glad I'm a Nick. I, I want to be here. I want to be here. And then what happens? You know, and his Cantor, I know obviously is a tryhard, but he was pushing that forever. Mario Hazonia wanted to be in New York, right? One year he's gone. It's just, this is, it's not slandering these guys, but this is what happens. You come, you're excited to be in a spot, you see how the spot goes. And sometimes you don't want to be here long term. So it'd be nice if you wanted to be. I'd be open to it, but it's just never how that works no, here. I, and that's what we're trying to. I 100% agree. Make, like, know? honest to God, it's, it's just one of those things where I can't fall for it again. Like, we've done, we've tried to do that so many times only to get like scorned by it in the end. Um, it, it's just, and it, it, it would be really cool. But then there's also the option, like, if he is serious about wanting to do something like that, there is the option that Mike propose that you know we can you we can he could use we could use him to get an asset we can clear out a lot of these veterans and then we can still sign him back on a pretty on a fairly sizable longer term contract but he's got like if he really wants to do that he's got to kind of play ball with us a little bit there or i don't know whatever they decide to do but i would like him to play ball with us a little there yeah it just it would just further hammer home the point that Perry and Mills have no idea how to run a front office. Every other team flipping more is a hundred percent, especially every 10 and 27 team with that player like that is flipping him for something. So not a free agent, but uh, someone that we actually did sign this past off season is going to be under contract for next season. And potentially the one beyond that is Julius Randall, who has had a, one of the strangest beginnings to a Knicks career that I can remember from any player um, where he's just, yeah, he's, he was just pissed for to begin the year, had a small stretch where he started coming back on and he's kind of cascading back down to earth right now. Um, He's a guy that the Knicks invested a good amount of money into. Um, 
he's making over 20 million a year, right? He's we're close to that about 19 or so. Um, but he's, you know, he, the performance is not there and he's just hasn't executed the way we needed to. He hasn't had anybody to help him out in that situation. Uh, obviously the point guard rotation has been just a complete mess and, you know, that can affect a player like him. But at this point, what offers you that the Knicks might be able to receive for Julius Randle? And would do you think that it's wise of them to try to move him or is this a fluke and he's going to come back on? I have no idea what you're flat. I mean, you could go Kyle, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't think they're going to move him. I know everybody likes to think that he's, he's like the big easy one to move, but uh, I, I just think with how we've seen, he can just be effective by simplifying the lineup and actually giving him a lineup that makes sense. I don't think that they're going to consider moving him until at least next year. I mean, he's got a three-year deal, right? I mean, two of the years are guaranteed. The third one's a team option, if I'm not mistaken. I Selling on him now seems very hasty and silly and not for nothing, but he had a terrible start to the season with David Fisdale. And uh, he hasn't looked, I mean, he's looked better with, with Mike Miller, obviously the first, I think 12 games, he looked fantastic, like a changed man. Uh, I, I see people kind of going back harder on him now after the the West coast trip here, but this was always going to be a difficult trip, especially for an already bad team. So I'm not really holding that against him, but um, I just, I can't see you don't make, you don't make that signing to trade him this year, unless you were going to get a star and you're using him as like, the young asset slash cal- you know uh, salary filler to try to facilitate the move, but uh, as we know, the Knicks are not doing that either. So, I I like to think they're just trying to buy their time with the young asset that can actually produce a little bit, and that's why it's like a team friendly three year deal. They're trying to give themselves a little bit of time to see what they could do with him, but not this year, absolutely not. I I was in the same camp, and then this whole personal reasons thing that he's missing the Utah game. I want to know what happened in the locker room. Is he on the trade block or is he not? In terms of deal wise, like I like maybe like if they were going to do like a D'Angelo Russell type deal, which I don't think's happening. That's probably the only scenario I could see him getting dealt. I wrote about Randall's under Mike Miller on Monday, and Miller's used them better. Like he spaced them out. He's having him shoot more threes. Fisdale was basically just throwing him the ball in the paint and saying, do something, which is probably the least effective way to use a rim runner. So I want, I do want to see a full year of him being used properly. I still think he's a good player and yeah, I would hold on to him to at least next year. He's expiring. You're going to get more just off that alone. And he's still 25. He could still fit if used properly, I think. And maybe it could be as a six man, we have to see what happens in the draft, but yeah, I would hold on to him at this point, unless someone comes over the top rope, which I mean, if you show me the team, they could take him. Yeah. I I'm kind of on the same page. Like I don't see him getting, I don't really see a realistic destination for him uh, and like his contract. And he's just, you know what? I don't, I don't see a place that would necessarily want to, you know, that he can be dumped to either who might want to take a chance on him. So um, I know I definitely don't think this year, I think potentially next season there, if he doesn't improve, there's definitely, uh, an avenue to that, especially because he only has a partially guaranteed deal for the next year. Uh, but yeah, I, I expect this to turn around. I mean, like we're going to talk about Dennis Smith a little bit later on too, but like 
you know, this these both both of these guys are going through like pretty horrific slums compared to uh what their career has been and what the career trajectory has been like. I mean, Randall's not an old player who should be on the decline at all. He is uh he's twenty five years old. So and then you know the same thing about Smith and you know we'll talk about him a little bit more, but um why don't we turn our attention right before we get to Dennis Smith over to the other big uh uh the big the other forward who should be on the block it's Bobby Portis um so Portis got that flagrant two that took him out of the last game um he's been super up and down all season his averages aren't really very far off from his career is but um he's just proved to be a really awkward fit he's just you know, he's really stopping guys like Kevin Knox from being able to play the minutes that he needs to be able to develop. And that's really had an impact on him. Uh, you know, we're not able to play Mitchell Robinson the correct way. And he's taken up space from him. It's just kind of, it's a very strange fit. It hasn't looked very good. And, you know, despite him hitting his career averages, I'm, you know, he's, he's only partially guaranteed as well for next year, but I'm ready to move off of him, you know, just to jump on the whatever you can get, but he's got 15 million for this year. Uh, his partially guaranteed, I think is only 1 million next year, but um, on that note with him, is there any destination that you guys can see for Bobby Portis or are you guys, uh, Kyle, would you advocate for keeping him by chance? Listen, I, I again, I, I said it before. I liked it in theory. Uh, eventually I talked myself into why they would have signed him, why it could possibly make sense. Um, it just has not. So if anybody wants to take a flyer on a big who can sometimes shoot threes, but mostly just wants to post up, let me know. Uh, we can talk. That's all I got. Yeah, I was going to say playoff team maybe. I, I was going to say Portland, but they don't deserve – like I like them too much to just give them to that because he's really just a chuck at this point. He, I mean, he hard fouls occasionally, but what is he really doing if he's not hitting threes? Not much. So not much. I would literally trade him at the first first like anybody that calls, I'd be like, Yep, you got him. I'm looking right now, I'm trying to find the teams I'm trying to find who's gonna have cap space for this coming year. Um uh, that's the thing, like we you it's know a lot. a lot of people are capped out. It's just it's tough for me to think about like any team that might even like potentially want to resign some of these guys or anything like that. It's, you know, even the teams like the, with any available space for this season, it's, I mean, the team with the most space right now is Atlanta who has like 4 million and everybody else is over the cap. Like, you know, you have to make some room and stuff like that. Like it's just, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy to move these guys and make all the salaries work. Like it's just some, they're just kind of signed to awkward contracts. Like, I, I feel like it's easier to move like 7 million or 20 million than it is to move like 15. It, it's just getting those guys to add up. And that's where the Knicks are really kind of yeah. running into some issues here. Um, well, Portis could be used. I mean, not to cut you off the Portis, the best use for him would probably be like, if you're taking back salary yeah, or if you're just trying to match, like you said, like mate, like I bogged on, like that's ideal. Like you take on Deadman's deal, throw right, Portis yeah, in there and totally. then give them somebody decent. Yeah. But uh, I mean, so now that we get through like Marcus Morris, they definitely should move for a pick like Randall is probably going to be here through the trade deadline. 
when you get to Bobby Portis, if he's still here after the deadline, do you, is he a guy who's a potential buyout candidate? I hope so. I just can't. I want to see Kenny, Kenny Wooten up here already. He's been yeah. killing. He's a human highlight reel at this point. And Portis' presence is just blocking that from that happening. That SportsCenter highlight makes me hate was ten times crazy. More. Yeah, that was literally an NBA Oh, my God, block. yeah. He blocked like, it and pulled it down. Just imagine him and yeah, Mitch it, together. It's... And then look at Porta. And then think of Porta's launching a 40-footer with 15 seconds left He's on the at, shot clock. Wooden's averaging like three and a half blocks in the G League right now. Yeah, He's a monster. Yeah, and he's like, he's not uh, like center height, right? He's he's like just a little bit undersized. I, be- I could be wrong. I think he's like 6'9". Yeah, 6'9". Um. Yeah, I, I mean, it would just be, I'd be very interested to see how those two would play next to each other. Um, but even if that doesn't work, which I'm not, I don't, I'm not super optimistic about that. But at the very least, I mean, like having one of those two guys out there at just about any time, like that's, you know, you, that's, you know, league best rim protection right there. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, getting a little ahead of myself, sure, here, but I'd like to at least see him have the opportunity to come up and play, and that's what the second half of the season really needs to be about. There's other G League, there's other guys throughout the G League, honestly, that should be taken a look at. I don't remember, like, I, I can't even recall a time when the Knicks have ever signed a, a G League player away from a team that's not the Westchester Knicks. You know, like that. Yeah, that's true. I don't I think, think they think really anybody. dig that deep into there. Like there are other players who aren't, you know, aren't signed to NBA contracts or just signed to G League contracts they can go after. And yeah, it's I don't know. For a team that's been had such a low winning percentage and has often brought players up from their G League affiliate, you would think that they'd be kind of searching elsewhere as well, but well, these are the so Knicks. speaking of, uh, you know, now we're getting to some of the young talent here. I brought him up before, but Dennis Smith Jr. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I don't even know where to begin. He's yeah. only 22 years old, but he has just fallen off of a goddamn cliff this year, man. It's 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 fascinating. I mean, I was taking a look at I'm like, I was ready to say, let's just dump Dennis Smith to the uh you know, the highest bidder because I, I obviously he's shown nothing during his time with the Knicks, but, and then I went out to his basketball reference page and I'm looking at his averages, like his rookie year, he was a 15 and five guy, so you have 14 and five the next year. And it's, it's on and on like that until you get to this year. And he's in this situation now where he's obviously had some tragic situations this year. And so like, I totally feel for that. And I get the, you know, how that mental impact and affect everything else around you. Like, you know, it, that's, it, it's you know he's got reasons why his game would be affected right now but and plus the injuries and everything as well i mean he dropped from 14 last year his averages were 14.7 points 5.4 assists 2.8 rebounds uh, 1.3 steals uh between dallas or that was his time with the knicks so that's 21 games and then this year it's 5.2 points 2.7 assists like two rebounds it's just everything is is either cut into a third or halved. And part of me is, I, I should say, he I would definitely be willing to give him up as part of a larger trade. But um, just that, those numbers look like such an anomaly to me. I feel like he's going to bounce back at a certain point. 
um, you know, he's going to be able to, you know, take control over at least some ba- some point guard minutes. The fact that he's not even in the rotation is insane. Um, I think it's, it's going to take some time. I don't really expect much from him the rest of the year, but, you know, while you still have him around and they have his option for next year, like, you might as well hold on to him and just see when he comes out of this fluke. I mean, this is like, this is like Fultz level shit that's going on here. Yeah, I was about to say that. I just, he just forgot how to play basketball. Like, I, it is some Fultz level shit because I've never seen anything like this. Like, this guy just does not, like, I, I and I'm not even trying to make excuses. I genuinely wonder, like, if there's some other I mean, shit going he, he on. I mean, he had a you know, heavy family yeah, you shit can, happen just a couple of months ago, but. I, I mean, yeah, right, right. But I mean, like, yeah. on top of that, like, is, is there is there more? Like, I, I just, I've never seen somebody struggle in the way that he struggled. Like, I mean, just to stay on the court too. I mean, I think that first game screwed him. Remember when he was, when they were chanting for Frank, that kind of, that's like, that's hard to come back from. They were, that is a tough thing to deal with. Like that's gotta be insane. And to think he's avoided the, we got, we traded Porzingis for this guy thing so far. It's if he stays out, my worry is that's going to get to that point. If Porzingis starts playing well again, they're right. going to start saying this was the centerpiece of the Borzingas trade. This guy sucks, even if he's playing all right. So I rather just Minnesota wants him. I think he's still a good basketball player. Like there's a reason all of us believe, or most of us believed, he could make a leap this year. I just think he needs to do what Fultz did: just go to a smaller market and then go off. Because I do think he's talented. It's just weird because, and and I'm obviously a very big fan of Dennis Smith Jr. I. I think he has all the potential in the world. I, I thought last year he started putting it together a little bit and improving on the jump shot before he got hurt. And, you know, the assists were a little bit better. His passing rate was up. His rebounds were up. I mean, he at least was playing the way he's always played, you know, fast, aggressive. And then you started to see some of those little jumps. And, of course, like I, you know, I was probably more hopeful than anybody else. But if we're going to be truly objective, I can't say I projected a star, but, you know, maybe something like, Bledsoe like, yeah, a good 16, 17, five, six assists, couple rebounds, like a starter. Okay percentages. Just, just, yeah, just just a good quality like guard starter. Like that that's yeah. what I realistically saw uh you know saw for him. And I thought from his year one to year two jumps, I thought that was the progression he was on to be like by year four or five, he's gonna be a really quality point guard starter, you know? And in one like one year, not even like I, I just, I, I, it's very, I feel bad about it. Obviously, there's nothing anybody could do. Um, like Mike said, it might be time to give him yet another fresh start. Yeah. I think that's, I, I mean, it's going to sound like a hot take and everyone's going to yell at me, but I almost would rather just keep him too because he's a young asset. We're going to be trying to find other young assets like that anyway to bring back in to try to play and take a flyer on. So why not just keep the one yeah, already here? That- try to mend things for once because I think something that, we forget about too with this franchise is like, we're not good at mending shit. Like the shit with KP never mended. Right. And then he wanted out and then everybody blames KP for wanting out. Right. But why was it not mended? Like shit was fractured back from Phil. And then we know that they have a history of like not being able to smooth things over and guys just want to get out of town. Guys just want to get out. Like the same thing as the Oakley shit, man, it's, it's just a pompous franchise. Yeah. But it's like, just, that's what I would do. I, I just, if we're really going to do this whole stand pat, we're not trading the kids, we're not trading the vets, then 
I mean, yeah, just keep him. But like, you gotta yeah. roll the ball. You gotta try him out there too. If there, like, if I, there is any, if there is any other kind of like source of light in the organization, like really, really standing out, I like and like especially in the guard rotation, like Mitch Mitchell Robinson has obviously been, um, you know, the most promising of these young assets that we have of these young players that we have. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, like he, like he's, a, he is a young player with a good track record. He could be used in a, in a different trade situation. So he at least, you know, retains his value as an asset in that sense. Um, but God, I think about it too. Like, I mean, like th- even think about the Luca shit, like you bring him in there, you put a lot of promise into him in his rookie year. Like he's playing well, like you kind of have him penciled in for that starting point guard role in just a few years. And then you just bring this like force in here that just, you know, forces him out of the organization essentially. Um, and he, you know, he gets dumped off to New York and, you know, since then the time it, you, he had so many injury problems and then the Frank chance, like you were talking about, like this dude, and then obviously everything in his personal life as well. Like this guy has just been dealt a really, really tough hand over the last, I would say, two seasons. And and he was hurt in the preseason too. I don't know yeah. if he ever fully recovered. So that also could that have could been totally be it. He could have rushed back. Yeah, I didn't. I completely forgot about I, that. He had a hurt back. So if if he's not, I don't know, part of me like if he if we don't deal him, part of me like would like to. Like I, I would like to keep him around. I'd be fine with just shutting him down for the rest of the season and telling him to go wherever he wants to go to and work with whoever he's got to work with and just kind of like come back and get a fresh start next year. Uh, you know, when kind of some of that, you know, the earlier season, like the heat from the season is off. Like he needs, he just seems like he really needs some time to recover. Um, and I think that then, you know, I, I think that there's nothing that the Knicks would have to lose by giving that to him. And I think a trade for him would also be available draft night. Like if the Wolves, yeah. that's the only team that's been connected to yeah. him, you could always keep him until the draft. And then if maybe he has a good end of the season, because last season he had a good end to the season. We haven't seen that Smith since then. Like even the bounce isn't really there. Consistent. That's what, that's what concerns me. It was like, why are you at least not playing fast and aggressive? Like why, why are you slowing down while also not shooting well, while also not passing like you were last year, while also not rebound? Like, you know, that's what bothers me. It feels like an effort issue. And that's why I wonder, like we didn't see that at all the first two years of his career. So what exactly happened here? That's it. it does. It bothers me. Ugh, I, I'm just watching Moody. put a bucket in on us. Oh shit. I complete. Yeah. Those jerseys are fine. Oh god, they they are great. It pains me to have to watch Emmanuel Moutier and them, and then ruin him, ruin them with the uh, white T-shirt underneath. Um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, we are recording this podcast uh, during this game. It's just about the end of the, the uh, first quarter. So, if anything uh, major happens, you know, we'll pop back on a little bit later. But um, anyway, before we wrap up tonight. Uh, let's just talk about quickly in a group here. There are three young players whose names kind of get tossed around a little bit for because oh, their yeah. lack of playing time or they're <laughs> showing some poor results on the court. Um, I'm talking about Kevin Knox leads this group with Alonzo Trier and Damian Dotson in the equation as well. Uh, all of them, I would say, for different reasons, could be could see themselves being included in a trade or or traded, you know, on their own 
this coming, uh, you know, during the trade deadline. So I guess I'm just going to kind of throw it up here. Let's start with Kevin Knox, actually. Let's let's get into Knox a little bit. Can we can we as a group yeah. just real quick just say he stinks? Just say he it. does stink, man. He stinks. Not he permanently, stinks. Oh, but he, right, right now, now he stinks. I, I uh, yeah. 2020. Guys, he stinks. guys, 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 listen. I was told that if that's what you think, then you just are not watching the games. It's it's <laughs> it's very simple. It's very simple. If that's what you believe, it is blatantly false. That's the best way that I can say it. Um, but, but, but no, listen, he's been bad, man. Uh, I, I've said my piece with Frank like a thousand times on Twitter and everybody yells at me and everyone's starting to come around. Like he's not good. The one thing that he does is shoot wide open threes. And even those he's, he's shooting, not, what, yeah, he shoots 34% great. of the year. He stayed he, he, he averages here is what? 36%. Yeah. Okay. He's so he's average. around average. Yeah, I mean, when I said that, Dennis Smith <laughs> Jr., everyone yelled at me, you know, but whatever. <laughs> So anyway, my point, my point here is uh, he, he's not good. He's not showing any meaningful leaps. And everyone likes to point to little stretches for Kevin Knox. I don't think you guys understand what improvements actually mean. Improvements mean you're doing it the entire season. He showed up. His jumper was better this season. That's how an improvement works. You can't call it an improvement if it showed up for the first six, seven games of the season. And then since then, he's looked like the same guy. That's not how improvements work. He's playing significantly less minutes because he plays no defense. Yes, when Mike Miller took over, he looked competent, had a pulse for a couple of games. That does not mean that he has improved. That means that, one, we had a new coach, and there's always a new coach swoon. It just happens in every sport. You are lying if you don't know that this exists. And, B, he's already kind of coming back down to earth. Like, I I, I don't know what it is that, as fans, we feel the need to always say stuff like, well, he's just 20. Like, shut up. You know what you're talking about. Well, no, you're 20 and you stink. You know, I mean, Shy is 20 in OKC and he does not stink. That's the worst part. Shy's yeah. good. The bridges are good. Even fucking Michael Paper Mache yeah. Porter is good. That's what's really, that's what's like making it worse. And this is what gets me too. And everyone hates when I do like the, the on roster comparisons, but like, R.J. Barrett can't shoot worth a shit, but R.J. Barrett is hitting the glass aggressively every game. He's playing, he's engaged defensively. Like, his defense isn't good, per se, but it's better than I think we all thought it was going to be coming into the year. He's still trying to pass and get involved that way, and even when he's not shooting, he's still trying to fit in with the game plan and stay aggressive for the most part, even when the shots aren't falling. Like, that's the difference between a, a, a... a good player who's young and currently not playing well and a player who is not good and just is young. That's the difference. And I think people forget that. Like you actually have to show some kind of promise so that we believe in you moving forward. You can't just be 20 years old and breathe on a basketball court. And then we think you're going to be good in two years. That's not how this works guys. And you got, and everybody listening, if you're going to disagree, you're smarter than this. Watch a basketball game, watch Kevin Knox, tell me all the positive things that he does consistently and then get back to me. There's not many. And again, it, it's, it doesn't mean like I'm out on him or I, I hate him or I want him off the roster, or want him traded. I would prefer if our ninth overall pick just decided that he was going to be better at basketball and started making some shots, uh, consistently rebounding with his 6'10 body that he never uses, learned to play some defense well, with that lengthy now. frame of his. Oh, 6'7 now because he shrunk with the, the new measurement. But, you know, it, so I'm not rooting against him, but like you guys have to look what's in front of you here. He's not good. I'm ho- hopefully it turns around plenty of time, obviously plenty of time, but 
there's a reason he doesn't get in games. It's because he's not. Kevin good. Knox has like, played. Yeah, to not be able to play is ridiculous. Like on this team, one of the worst well, teams in the league. You're a lottery pick and well, you can't get any run. Kevin Knox has played in 111 games and 112 with the Utah game tonight. In that time, okay, he has averaged 25.7 minutes. Now he's only played in 36 games this season. But like, and obviously his minutes are going are only going down as as the season goes on as Miller's taken over. But like, we're not talking about a guy who's in his second month here, or even in his first season anymore. The guy's played over a hundred games at this point. He's averaged twenty five minutes during those games. Like, the fact that he has shown you know regression in some areas, slight improvements in others, but overall, really just kind of stuck to the middle. I mean, it's not. You know, it's it's again, like you're saying, it's not over. It's not like we're not writing him off because like there are factors that work against him. Like, you know, he a lot of a lot of people say because he uh, got into basketball late, he'll bloom later. I don't know if I really put any stake into that, but, you know, I could. Like what is I could that? see like, him. These people, he, he might, but like, you know, even if he does need more time to develop, it he hasn't shown any of the flashes of what he could be developing in. So far, the only thing that's really promising about him is that shot, which is really shown to be average. Yeah, it, it's really just been average so far. Like, if he can continue improving that, and there are other areas where he can get better in, like he should be a better defensive player than he is. Um. You know, it, yeah, it, I get they want to watch. Yeah, uh, I get they want to watch with rose-colored glasses, but you just got to call a spade a spade sometimes, yeah. and that's the problem. Like he would, I think he's the classic case of go to the G League, dominate, and maybe you well, come up with a post move or not. Thing. He hasn't had like any G League time. Why? That's it's it's perplex. I don't. I, I would love to know. Like some of these guys just need to go down there. We said with Frank last why year, I still a, think he should have. Like, why is it such a demotion? Like, why is it such a punishment yeah. to send them to the G League where they can, you know, put up big numbers again and, you know, find some gr- find a good stride think, against these like lesser players? I don't know if it was uh, uh, Dejounte Murray or Derek White for the Spurs that he he didn't play at all his rookie year. He went down to the G League, figured out some stuff, and he came back ready to go. That's what it's and there the for. Knicks have never done that. It used to be the developmental yeah. league. Like it was meant to work on skills and get players to grow. Like that's the whole purpose of having it there. And instead, it's it, instead it's it's you know made that to be such a demotion because that's how it's always been in these other sports. Like it's a tool, and it's really like I don't expect the Knicks to take advantage of it at this point, other than to call players up from there, but. It's just if they knew how to use their G League, we would be so far ahead in this rebuild. Um, so yeah, I just it's it's frustrating. Couple of guards before we wrap up here: Alonzo Trier and Damian Dotson. Neither of whom, both of whom, played pretty, got some good minutes last year. Damian Dotson's in his third year in New York now too. Uh, Dotson, a former second round pick, Alonzo Trier was undrafted before the Knicks signed him. Um. You know, neither of them able to play very much at all this season. Trier has only gotten into 17 games. Uh, and Dotson has played in 31 of them. Um, you know, it, it's n- neither one of them has really done enough, I think, to keep them on the floor for longer periods of time. Trier, I feel like in his shorter minutes, I mean, he's only averaging like 12 minutes a game during the season, too. But I feel like he's had stretches in his minutes where he's actually been able to kind of go off. I mean, 
he's averaging almost seven points in in you know uh what, what did i say 13 minutes 12 minutes so i mean that's not bad and he's i think he still has a lot to kind of show but he's on that weird contract he's gonna be a free agent this season i think that he might have some interest out there um but mike of trier or dotson do you think either one of them get moved? Do you think uh, both of them do? or And how do you think it might happen? Would you think it'd be in like a larger package or is there interest for them out there? Uh, I would find to, I want to keep Dotson, so I'm kind of biased on that. I do think Trier is definitely the closest to being moved. I won't go as far as definite because, like I said, Mills and Perry have been very gun-shy with trades. But he, like you said, he hasn't played. And I feel like there is interest in a guy who can create his own offense. And I don't, I, I, just, I just don't understand why he hasn't played. Like people say defense, I mean, obviously he hasn't played that much defense, but I didn't think he was unplayably bad, especially with some of the people we see out on the floor. Strong agree. I've I, I made this point like last month. I was like, everyone's like, Oh, he doesn't play defense. I'm like we're getting blown out by 30 every night. I mean, what are we, what defense is happening here? Yeah, oh, 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 no, we're going to allow a 35-point loss tonight instead of a 30. Oh, boy, tragic. I mean, I, I mean, at least fight fire with fire. Try to get some points up, goddamn. Like, what are we doing out there? And the thing that's frustrating even more is Trier is probably the easiest person to use. When they can't score, he's the perfect person to just say, go out and just score. Like, yes. the, I think it was the second game of the season against the Nets. He did that, and guess what? We almost We should have won that game. He's just so easy to use. I think like going just piggybacking off that a playoff team could use that. Like the Lakers are one team that comes to mind. They have freaking Alex Caruso. Like they're gassing him up. Alonzo Trier is actually a good guard that could score for them. And any other playoff team could use someone like that because there will be a playoff game where everyone's ice cold and Trier could just come in and just go scorched earth on everybody. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that that would be the best move for him too. He just, he doesn't really make sense to this team anymore either. Like keeping him is going to be, you know, I, I feel like he, he's going to have some suitors in the off season. Um, I don't think that keeping him, I don't think that like he really fits into this guard rotation, whatever it is, whoever ends up sticking around from it. Um, he's just kind of a hard piece to have at this stage of a rebuild, I think. So like you're saying, yeah, contender would be, kind of ideal for him and i think that there's definitely gonna be some interest out there so you know hopefully hopefully he can get you what like two seconds maybe a second yeah i don't think a first round pick's even possible maybe yeah no I maybe but... part of a bigger deal he could get yeah. you like a, a player that could help you now in the future whatever whoever that is but yeah yeah i would not expect a first round pick yeah um and when what about if they were to what kind of scenarios would you see for Dotson moving? I, I He's another one. I don't think demand is that high for Dotson. Yeah. So it would probably be for a second-round pick or part of a deal. And at mm-hmm. that point, I like Dotson. I know he's a free agent, or I think he's a restricted free agent this year, this summer. I would keep him. I, he's done nothing to say I'm out on him. Yeah. He plays defense. He could shoot. And his val- I mean, he's, is- Yeah, he doesn't have a ton of demand. I don't think he's going to cost very much, so... Mm-hmm. They're, they might as well just try to keep him around and sign him with whatever rights they have on him. Yeah, they have, when's the last person they've re-signed? Even, like, everyone thinks that has to be, like, a big re-sign. No, why don't you just bring back a second-round yeah. pick that's proved to be useful? Yeah. Um. So, 
of the names that we haven't talked about talked about being kind of on the trading block on the you know potentially being moved uh the names we've excluded from that list are taj gibson wayne ellington alfred payton rj barrett frank nilakina reggie bullock uh mitchell robinson and iggy Bresdakis. um do you guys have any quick notes on any of them you want to throw out there before we uh, before we wrap this up? Is there? Um, I think a couple of those names could potentially be in the move too, but the Knicks shouldn't be actively looking to move any of those players, correct? If they trade Frank, I'll kill somebody. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I can't even believe that I've I've, I've come like. I've done a 180 on Frank like four times at this point. I feel like his career has been like 17 years with the way we've discussed him. Um, I don't understand why you would trade him at this point. He seems to be a very competent backup point guard at the moment, which is not something we could say even a year ago. So, I mean, I I would keep him, but... Yeah, I'm on the same page. I, I like know. he's a, he. I, I, I I, my I my expectations are right so tempered on him, like just showing to be like a decent backup point guard at this point where I'm just like, all right, that's, that's perfectly fine. Just settle in there and I'm all happy. Um, yeah, he's just good on the floor. So I think that's invaluable, especially on a team like yeah. this where you can talk him out there and say, all right, he'll do something. Right. Yeah. He's the aggressiveness is still holding him back. I he's think a wild card. The fact that you can throw up there. Right. You don't really yeah. know what's going to happen. But, but at least he can defend. Um, yeah, but I guess that's kind of that kind of wraps it up here for, for us tonight. I was kind of just to kind of prime everyone on the season that's coming up to kind of address some of these lingering questions with some of these players. Um, but overall, just kind of final thoughts on this. Do you guys think that this roster will look radically different after the trade deadline comes up? Nah. I don't think we're going to be very active. I do think someone's going to get moved off of the sheer ridiculousness of the fit of this roster. I think they have no choice but to try to get a couple yeah. of guys out. I just don't think it's going to be the guys that we would like to see. Yeah. You know, I think like I think like Ellington's going to be gone for like some weird 48th pick or some weird shit like that or like some young player that nobody gives a shit about like like a weird kind of lateral move you know like yep all right cool we're gonna pick up we're gonna pick up some kid from a small school that nobody cares about and i i totally agree yeah we're just gonna kind of pass the baton along on somebody but um i could potentially see some some guys kind of wanting to get moved and not being able to and there being some potential buyouts as well um yeah like alfred i have no idea what's going like i think he should be traded i don't know what's going to happen because I don't see any teams that really need what he brings to the table. Which, I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I was wrong on him, but I just don't see a deal for him. Yeah. Like, I could see like potentially an Ellington buyout if it was something that he wanted. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably about it. Maybe, you know, maybe Gibson, but I don't really see any reason why he would want to. So yeah, he's nah, keep him. He's, I feel like yeah, he's like he's the fine. veteran I'm you want to keep having him around, but all right. But uh, yeah, so I guess uh, we're going to wait and see what happens with this uh, Utah game, but things are looking uh, fairly pedestrian right now. We, oh, Yep, that's uh, Emmanuel Moutier blocking Alfred Payton right there. So uh, I, yeah, yeah nice, no, I think nice. that's uh, about where we leave this one off. So everybody uh, go head to the <laughs> Mike, have you written anything recently? Anything coming up in the future? 
Yeah, of course, Randall made me look stupid with this West Coast trip. But <laughs> under Mike Miller, he did look good, so I took a look at that. And it, it was encouraging until Phoenix, till the last two L.A. trips. But, yeah, I wrote that. Uh, Dylan actually released a very topical piece on why Mitchell Robinson's to start. So check that out. And Sam also wrote something on Marcus Morris, which we kind of talked about on the pod. Yep, so uh, go uh, check out all of those pieces. You can find them scroll if you scroll through the timeline at the Knicks wall as well. Uh, at TKW Podcast, give us a follow. We'll be dropping the episode there. Um, yeah, subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review, please. And we will talk to you all next week. Oh, wait, and one more thing before we leave. Uh, yeah. If you can buy merch, please do. Oh, we're yeah, donating, yeah. Yeah, we're donating 100% of the profit to the Puerto Rico Earthquake Relief Fund. They're getting slammed right now. They're expecting another big earthquake, so Jesus. anything helps. Just yeah. like if, if it's a small T-shirt or any, anything. Yeah, just get, get, get yourself something nice. Get yourself a couple of nice things. Yeah. 100% is going to it, so let's you know spend some money here. Uh, you know, there's, I know there's stuff that you guys have been looking at. I know that everyone's got a little bit of extra Christmas cash floating around. Uh, um, this is a good way been, to use it. We've been bringing the goddamn heat with merch this year. We have these back. We, we haven't been dropping as many, but when we drop them, they are been good. We, we just dropped the FIBA Frank Jersey. It's only fire. Available. It's fire. It's only available in the Navy blue. It's the exact Navy blue Jersey he was wearing, except, you know, TKW. Uh, so it's it's good. I like it. I'm going to get it. Um, but we brought the Portland Anthony back as well because, you know, we initially wanted to try to donate to Carmelo Anthony's uh, Puerto Rico Relief Fund. I've had some difficulties figuring out how to get the money there. So we're just going to donate to one of the larger uh, foundations. But, um, you know, that said, that's why we decided to bring back the Portland Anthony design. And we should have a special uh, Mellow Puerto Rico design coming uh i'm just going to tease it there um when it drops obviously you will see it but uh as these other two gentlemen said please just buy some stuff yeah, if you can please spread that, the word and feel free to donate not just by buying stuff for us if you feel more comfortable doing it elsewhere yeah uh, the most important thing is that you're given something to try to help out so don't feel like we're just screaming at you to buy shirts but if you want to do it with us that's awesome if not just please try to get involved the link yes, the please. link for the merch store is designtree.com slash the next wall that's d-s-g-n-t-r-e-e.com slash the next wall um, I'm also going to drop that link in the episode. It'll be in the uh, description. It'll be right up at the top there for everybody to see. Um, yeah, this FIBA Frank shirt is dope. The uh, yeah, We have like jerseys for like every player on there too. Um, the Maple Mamba, I think, is going to finally be purchased by myself too, a kind of classic one. Um, Very good one. I yeah. have it. Yeah, so it, it's sick shit, and... You know, what's going on out there is a whole nother kind of sick shit. So we need to make sure that that's taken care of and, yeah, get uh, something nice for yourself along the way. So um, with all that being said, we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah.